you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f- best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. What these young bloods have to understand that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. Welcome to Buckets, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by Albert Wynn. He's the analytics capper. You can find him on Twitter, at analytics capper. Albert, how was your weekend? Weekend was good, man. My little one turned two years old, had a big birthday party for her on Saturday, had like 50 people at the house. It's probably why I'm a little sick, but we'll see. Um, I did watch a ton of basketball over the weekend, which was awesome, but things are good, man. How are you doing? Good, good. Had a good weekend, including but the under on Warrior Celtics, which we'll talk a lot about today on the show. This is your weekend recap. We'll go over the relevant news from the weekend, the most important covers, and get you a sense for where the league is at from an awards perspective. Everything we talk about today can be found in the award-winning Action Network app. It's the best way for you to track your picks. You get up the second information where all the bets and money are coming in on. So you can do things like, you know, I've been doing a thing where if I have a lean on an under and I wait, till morning and they and the market pushes it up i'm just like i'll pass i'm good i'm good the market the market disagrees with me to a strong extent um and so I'm, I'm staying away from those versus you know sometimes you lose a little bit of clv that's why i usually play the the spreads a little bit more but you get all the information you're more informed better if you use the action network app you get all of our podcasts all of our great stuff Check it out right now all right let's go ahead and get started here albert and we're gonna go ahead and get started because we gotta talk Tatum. Jason Tatum is the MVP favorite at FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, the odds have moved in his favor once again. And now, despite the loss of the Warriors, which we'll talk quite a bit about today, uh, Jason Tatum is plus 270 to win most valuable player this season. We've talked a lot about on various shows. We've talked about where this award is at. Brandon and I talked about it on Friday. I want to kind of revisit it. You know, the Warriors beat the Celtics on Saturday night in the first marquee Saturday night matchup on ABC. And they did it rather handily. Clay Thompson was absolutely liquid fire. Steph Curry did his thing. The Warriors, look, I've said this. If if it wasn't a statement game, it felt like a, a series of very bolded sentences because it was <laughs> definitely a reminder of of who this team is and how look 
you, you can go through whatever, but they'll be there at the end of the day. No Horford, no Williams. Uh, Robert Williams made the trip, but didn't play for the for the Celtics. Uh, Tatum struggled once again with how the Warriors have played. Mm-hmm. So after that, Tatum remains the favorite for MVP. The Celtics are still a game and a half up on the Bucs. Um, I guess the question here is Tatum's numbers don't stack up with the rest of the MVP candidates. I post them every morning, uh, every Monday on HP Basketball on Twitter. His numbers are good. They're they're great. Like he's having a phenomenal season. No doubt about that. Not Luka Doncic, not Joel Embiid, not Giannis, not Steph. And the argument is, well, they're they're on pace for like 65 wins and they look like the best team in the league and all these kind of things. Do you have a reason why the voters will reward winning this season when they didn't necessarily reward it the past two seasons when Nikola Jokic won with sub 50? Yeah, it's a great question. It's it's a great discussion that we can have. Uh, one thing about that game you forgot to mention is although there was no Horford or Williams, there wasn't Wiggins for the Warriors either, right? The best defender on their team. So um, the Warriors beat them pretty handily without their best perimeter defender. But um, yeah, back to this MVP discussion, Matt. I would say it's because of the, again, this is me just projecting here, but I think it could be the the gap of the wins for Boston versus the rest of the uh, rest of the league, except Milwaukee. Milwaukee is close to Boston, but everyone else is kind of like just middling around um, a little bit over 500. Whereas Boston has come out really, really fast out of the gate. I think that's why it's gotten a lot of momentum is because of their unbelievable record. If we had four five, six teams that have won 70% or better of their games, maybe Tatum would not be the favorite as right now, but because it's clear front and center that Boston is the number one team. I think that's why Tatum is number one in terms of MVP voting. But I, I completely agree with you, Matt, especially with how Joel Embiid is playing right now in December and had another 50 spot the other night. Um, these numbers by these individual superstars just have been absurd and ridiculous, and they should be um, you know, bigger favorites in the MVP race. So ESPN is likely putting out a straw poll this week uh, on the MVP. And I'll be very curious to see where those votes come in at. Uh, I'm expecting Tatum to get a larger percentage than maybe I would think he deserves, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, what's interesting here is I do think if you're looking at Tibet MVP, I would tell you to wait. Wait until after that straw poll drops, because if Tatum, like there's only two two outcomes here. Tatum is... is the favorite reflected by the vote that everybody right now would vote for Tatum, at which point we're going to get better value on Giannis, Luca, Steph, whoever you want to put in there. Um, so you'll get better value after Tatum moves up or Tatum's not number one. And that gives us a strong indication that one Tatum is not bettable and whoever comes out of number one, now the odds will move. So you're going to want to be on top of it. As soon as that straw poll comes out, the books are going to react to it. We saw this last year. Like that, these are, these are, the poll is made up of likely voters or people that fit the profile of a voter. And so um, if ESPN puts out the poll this week, then you're going to find, I think, an indication that uh, of, who is the actual leader in the clubhouse. And I would even say that if Tatum's number one, whoever's number two is the person that I would definitely mm. look at because um, you can't mention this. The Bucks are just a, a game and a half back. Like the Bucks lost to the Rockets on Sunday night. Uh, the conversation I kind of asked is like, how are the Bucks this close? And the response was mostly like, well, look, their schedule has been really easy. Okay. 
But the Bucks have been really good versus everybody throughout the, their time with Giannis versus the stretch where they're title contenders. Like, I don't necessarily see the schedule getting... If you told me that the schedule was going to get worse in terms of back-to-backs, okay, they play a lot of home games. So maybe that's the argument. Is they're going to be more tired. But this is the first real West Coast road trip for, for the Celtics. I don't know that necessarily they're going to be healthier as things go on. Um, I, I just very strongly feel that Jason Tatum won't be... One, when we get to April, I don't think he'll be two. He might be three, but I don't think he finishes top two. I could be wrong on that. I'm not so confident in it that I like, I wouldn't bet that he won't be top two, but I do think there's good value on, on whoever you want to find, because I can't rationalize Tatum from either a, like I've written about how I think the Celtics regress. I, you look at Tatum and the numbers don't stack up. I just can't see any sort of reason to be like, oh, it's just clearly going to be Tatum. Even if they win 65 games, yeah, the Suns did last year and Booker didn't. And the Tatum's numbers are better than Booker's. I need to be clear on that. His numbers are better than Booker's. But if he regresses at all, they'll be in line with Booker's. So to me, uh, I simply cannot get around the idea of betting on Jason Tatum for MVP right now. No, it makes complete sense to me. You've You've made me a believer. I think I was on Tatum when he had the fourth best odds. Now, as the front runner, there's really no value. We'll get into this award later on the show, but I like Luca and Steph in terms of value right now. Um, one thing I want to talk about with effort, uh, this, the Bucks may have kind of breezed through, and honestly, they're not all that impressive when you dig under the hood. Like their offense has been terrible. Uh, they're gritting out games. They snuck out that win versus the Mavericks the other night. But I'll say this: the Celtics are playing extremely hard, and I want to reward them for that. Like I want to credit them. It's it's. You should try. That's your job. But it's an 82-game <laughs> season, and there's a reason that a lot of teams don't. And so when I look at how hard Boston's playing and look at all the effort that they're giving in, I cannot help but on some level be a little bit like, eh, I don't I don't know if this is going to work out long-term. So I worry a little bit about how hard Boston plays and sustaining it. Now, the counter-argument might be the 2011 Bulls, where mm. they played extremely hard every single night and played heavy minutes and did all this stuff and racked up this great regular season win – and Derrick Rose won MVP. Like that to me might be the comp here for a Tatum case. And we know what happened there in the playoffs. So hopefully they're not the same story. Right. Let's go ahead and get into the most important covers from the weekend. Like I mentioned, the Warriors, I thought they gave a healthy reminder that when you reach the end of the road, the Warriors are going to be waiting. Like there's been this like, oh, they're so terrible. And look at this in the offense. I'm really worried. And I've been consistently been like, they're going to be fine. And then they go out and they take care of business versus Boston. Now, look, I, I I bet the under on the Warriors. That look bet looks great. I think I've got a really good chance at cashing that. I don't expect the Warriors to go on any sort of like dominant, prolonged stretch. They'll have little bits here and there where they win games. But to me, this was just a reminder of like the Warriors know exactly where they're at. Like you need to be aware that like the Warriors know where they're at. The Warriors are conserving for the playoffs. Yeah. The Warriors know don't have any interest in racking up right it's not that they can't win these games it's that they're not going to dedicate the resources mentally physically to get them done but that was a big time game it felt like a big time atmosphere and the warriors sent a message in that game yeah from a betting standpoint matt that was my favorite bet all week long in the nba um i was on warriors big uh money line as well spread uh but you're right i'm going to give you your flowers you've been you know writing at the warriors and not to worry about them all season long my only argument is it's tough to win if you don't have home court advantage. So if they continue to be, you know, last a day, last a day or they take their time, 
and they don't get a top four seed and they have to go on the road all three um all three series that's just tough so again they they still are the champs they still have arguably the best player right now steph curry is out of this world uh, and and, if, and when you have a guy like clay thompson or jordan Poole that can have a hot shooting night like that they are pretty much unbeatable because from a defensive fundamental standpoint there's no one that really can handle them to be honest draymond green is just that good so i i do like this team they are built for the playoffs but they just need to make sure to uh, to get a top four seed to make sure that run is a lot easier. Uh, but that's that's the only thing I have on this team. I guess the only my only counter argument might be that it would be very Warriors to screw around and everyone be like, yeah, but they're gonna have to go on the road all three rounds. They're the five seed, and then you know they they beat the four seed, and then the one seed gets upset by the eight because it's like the Pels or something, <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like, well. I guess they didn't. And then like all of a sudden it's like, you know, I just, it wouldn't surprise me to see the Warriors not get a top two seed and yet not have to go on the road. It wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't shock me at all with some of the teams that are up there at the top. So one of those teams, the New Orleans Pelicans go to two and O over the weekend versus the Suns, including a very nasty win in the first set of the duplex set with the Zion Williamson 360 dunk as time expired. Words were exchanged. Jose Alvarado will not be putting Chris Paul on his Christmas list. Um, I think the question now is they've done this without Ingram. I think they're better without Ingram. I'll just, I, I just have to kind of say that. I think they're better without Ingram. Zion gets the ball more, which is a good thing. Uh, what do you think is the, is the ceiling for the Pels? Like what's the absolute limit of what the Pelicans do you think can accomplish this season based off of how they've played, how they've looked and what their win profile looks like? I think their ceiling is the NBA finals. Um, I don't think they Oof. can win the entire thing, but you know, I've been bullish on this team since day one of this, this, this year, to be honest. Um, they have the versatility, not only on offense and defense, uh, to really win series four out of seven games. Um, but they have the ability to get really hot. They have the ability to switch on defense. I think that type of hunger, the athleticism, the youth, I think it's enough. Um, I love this team. Again, health has always been a big issue, and it's not just Zion. A lot of their players are hurt all the time as well, especially Brandon Ingram and others. But if they stay healthy... They have the coaching staff and the players to make an NBA Finals run. I don't know once they get there if they can win it. They're still so young, but I think that's my ceiling for them. It's NBA Finals or, or nothing for me. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. 
Yeah, I can't get there. I think there's too much inexperience. You got Willie Green that would be in his first time coaching past the first round. You got uh, Zion in his first playoff really experience. Um, Ingram's had a few stints, but nothing serious, nothing to really write home about. Even McCollum, honestly, like McCollum's been on a team that made the Western Conference Finals, but those Blazer teams weren't like real threats. Um, I haven't seen anybody on this team be a part of a, a squad that was has enough experience right like they haven't been on a team that's made a deep run and i tend to be skeptical um i I feel like a lot of the things there will there will come a time when some sort of weakness will become apparent with the pelicans and when it does it'll be interesting to see how teams pick on that right now we don't know what that is uh the raptors speaking of duplex that's when Owen two versus the magic and the vibes are bad i'm used to raptors fans being what i refer to as cindy luhu's which is like no matter what they're still down in whoville singing i'm used to the raptors fans always being happy and being like like oh well we have scotty barnes and we're we won the title three years ago and we and instead they're like like there was there is like a, an undercurrent of should nurse be fired in Raptors Twitter. And I was like, and a lot of voices being like, no, obviously not. But I was shocked to find that kind of conversation. Um, their starters are playing a ton of minutes. This is their formula last year. And they're still playing like they're playing their guys like 35 minutes to lose to the magic. That's pretty rough. And it, it looks a little bit like they're starting to get a little gassed. And if they don't have effort, I'm not sure what this Raptors team has and that concerns me for where, how far this thing might slip. Yeah, that's a great point, Matt. I mean, this team has been built on great coaching, great length, great athleticism and effort, as you said. You guys, guys like OG and Pascal and Scotty, Fred Van Fleet, all these guys are great defenders individually, and they make up a great team defense that honestly hasn't been playing really well on defense this year, Matt. Maybe that's something you could dive deeper into the numbers, but they have the defensive players, but they don't have a, a great team defense. With that being said, it's tough to really judge a team on Sundays. As you know, Sundays in the NBA are really weird, especially for the road team. I backed the Magic from a betting perspective yesterday, so it, it, I felt good with that. But um, yeah, the vibes are bad, but the the great thing with the NBA is you get three or four games each week, and if you go 4-0, the vibes are good again. So uh, we'll see if they are able to turn it around. This is a team where I'm not too worried about the fact that they're talking about firing Nick Nurse is ludicrous to me. He's one of the yeah. best coaches in the league. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sure he'll get his players back. The Nets are 8-2 and two in their last 10. They are currently plus 1,600 to win the title. I bet that. They are plus 700 to win the conference. I bet that. And they're plus <laughs> 2,800 to win the division. I bet that they're six back in the division. It's going to take a lot for them to catch Boston. Look, uh, I've been banging this drum a couple of weeks that I think the Nets are good. They got a a really feel good win without they rest all their guys on the back to back versus the Pacers and Cam Johnson. Those guys in the ABA jerseys went out and found a way to get a win. The vibe is just entirely different. Now that Jacques Vaughn's in charge. And when you got KD, who's still playing at an MVP level and you have the kind of talent that they do. They're very versatile. They have a lot of options. The defense, I think, is still a suspect, but the numbers have been good for them defensively even over the last couple of weeks. Um, it's it's bizarre to me that now I, ha- I have to say that they're in a point where they're undervalued, but Brooklyn, for all of their nonsense, I think has a pretty good roster. It's coming together, and they're playing the right way right now. I, I think this team is a lot more dangerous than the odds reflect. Yeah, I'm, I'm higher on Brooklyn than most. Um, the thing with Brooklyn, though, it's always good until it isn't, right? There's always going to be right. something that comes up whether it's a week from now or a month from now, it's always something with this team. But you're right. 
that's one thing you said that resonates is the vibes are different with Jacques Vaughn. And I think that type of leadership, that type of coach is exactly what this team needed. And you're seeing the players respond. Um, defense is better, even though they don't have defensive players. That means they're playing, they're trying harder. And Ben Simmons has been out for a while and he's he's just getting back in. So I expect that defense to be even better. Integrating all their pieces together is, is con continued to be a development. So I do like this team. Um, six games seems like a lot. And I know we're only like, you know, 25, 30 games in the season. So it is a lot, but one losing streak here or one injury to a Tatum or a Brown, and you never know. So um, I think that's a, a good value bet there. And finally, would you, if you had to bet the awards each week, we go through and say, if we had to bet them and we'll let you know if we actually do bet them uh, for MVP, I'll go ahead and start. I think the MB is the best value right now at plus 1200. He took over the scoring lead over the weekend. Mm -hmm. Sixers continue to, to kind of plug along. They haven't really found their groove. Tyrese Maxey's not even back yet. They've weathered the storm though. And with, with MB leading the league in scoring, he actually is top 10 in defensive EPM over dunks and threes. So there's a lot of things going kind of in their direction right now. The overall numbers for the Sixers are not great, but that's exactly it. Like if you're looking for a buy low spot, this is it. Like Embiid's likely to get shorter as the season goes on. I think 1200s too long. So for me, the best value for MVP right now is Joel Embiid. I fully agree with you. And Embiid, man, he loves Sundays for some reason. A month ago, he had 59, 11, 8, and 7 blocks. Yesterday he had 53, 12, and three. He's the first center uh in the Shaq era since the Shaq area with two 50-point games in one season. And I don't think he's anywhere close to being done. He might get a couple more before the season's over. So I do like that number. Uh right now the scoring leader and he's killing it. He's averaging over 41 points in the four games in December. So he is in form. Um, if you watch that game, James Harden is only looking for Joel Embiid on the roll. Like he's not looking at anyone else. Um, so if he's going to get that type of usage with his efficiency around the hoop and his ability to shoot free throws, he's going to have amazing numbers all year long. So I like this number, Steph Curry's value or Steph Curry's number has gone backwards. I think it was at plus 700 last week It's now back to plus a thousand 10 to one there. I think, uh, I think that's another good value spot because Steph Curry is having another unbelievable year shooting wise, um, arguably his best year of his career in terms of pure numbers. And you expect that team to, to go on a little bit of a run moving forward. So I think both Embiid, Steph Curry, and uh, Luca, who is a potential buy low spot right now, I know it's still plus 300, so it's not the best value, but the vibes are really bad in Dallas. They've lost two straight. There's a, some tension between Luca and the coaching staff. So I think it's a good time to buy a low because you expect that team to kind of turn the corner soon. Yeah. I feel Luca MVP is the same as the Warriors win the title where you're like, this has got to be a buy low spot. And the books are like, Nope, not having it. Not going to give you any value, not yeah. falling for it. You're not going to trick us Uh six man of the year. I love Norman Powell right now. I mentioned this on Friday show. He's still plus 6,500. Last 15 games, he is averaging 19 points per game, which is the most for any bench player. We know the bench points are what matters in this award. I understand the injury concerns, but I'll just say this. Like, what if Kawhi does actually wind up playing for the duration? And what if in those times that he doesn't play, Powell continues to come off the bench because he's playing so well in that spot? So Powell at plus 16,500 to me is objectively the best value. What do you think? Yeah, I like Norman Powell a lot. Um, he has turned it up big time since uh, since that really slow start to the season. So I agree with you there. I have a question for you. How many games 
can a player start before they're ineligible for six man? Do you know that? I think it's the majority. You have to you have to play the majority of your games off of the bench. But I think the, it'd be hard for him to win the award. If okay. They, no, they I I asked that because I think the obvious choice that we're all overlooking could be Jordan Poole. Because I think Clay Thompson is going to be going to be load manage and he's going to miss a game here and there, maybe one or two a week. And I think that's going to allow Jordan Poole to start those games. And every time Clay Thompson and or Steph Curry sits out a, a game, Jordan Poole just has 30 points like every single time. So yep. I think that's going to bump up his numbers. And I think he might be the obvious choice here at the end of the season because we're trying to find value and we're overlooking the easy choice, which I don't think is Russell Westbrook. I think is Jordan Poole. I agree. Most improved player. Look, I've got a big position on Shea in this. In this, I'm doing a deep dive on Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, I'll be looking at him later in the week. But right now, uh, Bull Bull really is worth a look at 3,600. So he doesn't fit any of the models. Brandon would be freaking out right now with me mentioning this. He doesn't play for a good team. He's not going to be an all-star. He's not going to get all-NBA consideration. But there are these exceptions. And Bull is a player that was so far out of the rotation and so far, like almost out of the league. And for him to be a starter that's putting up these numbers, if you just jack the numbers and you don't watch any of the Magic games – you will come away very impressed with Bull Bull. Now, I think Bull Bull's made a lot of plays. He also tends to get benched down the stretch in close games, and that's for, you know, a reason. But still, uh, Bull's raw value at 36 to 1 based off of how much hype he's getting and how much I think there's a strong narrative push for them gives him a little bit of value here. What, what's your pick? Yeah, I, I see that. I think this guy has a lot of value right now as well. Ant-Man is 65 to one. I think he's going to get CLV as the season goes on, especially with Carl Anthony Towns out. He's going to get more usage, better numbers. I think he had a three game stretch stretch last week where he had 20 steals in three games, which is unheard of when you think about Anthony Edwards, but um, they're starting to play a little better. They're getting, um, Rudy Gobert a little more integrated into their defense and offense and now with only one big guy kind of clogging up the paint Anthony Edwards has a little more freedom to roam so I think his numbers are going to get better I don't know if he's going to win this award 65 to 1 though I think you're going to get 55 to 1 by next week if he continues to play well for defensive player of the year I'm still on Jared Allen he's at plus 3100 he was plus 4500 last week I continue to believe that he's the best defender on the Cavs the numbers back that up I still love the value on him uh, but you seem to have had a little revelation when it comes to defensive player of the year. What do you got for me? I was. I was in the building uh, Friday night for the Bucks mavericks game. It was an awesome game. Terrible ending for Mavericks betters. Um, I got them at plus one. They missed their last five free throws to lose that game by one. The push felt like a loss, Matt. But with that being said, Brooke Lopez was dominating the, the paint all night long. Um, yes, he got dunked on by... Uh, Dinwiddie in the second half, which was amazing, but he blocked Dinwiddie three times at the rim before that. He blocked Dorian Finney-Smith. I think he got Luca a couple times. He didn't fall for Luca's pump fakes. I mean, Brooke Lopez, I was slandering him throughout the season leading up to today's episode, but after watching him live in person, he is the anchor to that defense. It allows Giannis to kind of roam around the perimeter and play safety, and because Brooke Lopez is just finishing everything up at the paint. So, I like Brooke Lopez. I think it's his award to lose right now, and he is the betting favorite, so I think it's justified. If I wanted to pick someone else that's a long shot, I put this in our notes here. But Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr., his defensive metrics and numbers are out of this yeah. out of this world. Like He doesn't play that much, and he's missed a ton of games because of injuries. But when he's on the floor in terms of defensive impact, 
I think he's second to none. Yeah, I was on NBA best stream for that Grizzlies Thunder game last week and had the Thunder and and Jackson just wiped out like four Thunder plays on his own late uh, early in the fourth quarter. It was really impressive. All right, that's going to do it for Buckets. Reminder to download the award-winning Action Network app to rate, review our podcast for a chance to win a free one-year subscription to Action Pro Hits with those five-star reviews. Let us know what you think on Twitter. I'm at HP Basketball. Albert's at, at Analytics Capper. Thanks for joining us. Our thanks to David Payne, our producer. And until next time, let's get Buckets. <laughs>